You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Welcome. Back to Legends Live, as presented by the National Basketball Retired Players Association, the home of all our NBA and WNBA legends. I'd like to remind you to submit your questions during the show, and we will answer those before we wrap up with our guests. Without any further ado, I'd like to welcome in today's guest. We have former LSU Tiger. He was a Memphis as well as a Vancouver Grizzly. We have Stromile Swift with us. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. It's, it's a pleasure, pleasure to be on the show. Oh, of course, man. Thank, thank you. First things sure. first, uh, like to ask people how people are doing. How, how you? How are you doing, man? I'm, I'm doing pretty good, man. Just uh, back in Louisiana, like here with my little girl, man. Just just enjoying life. Yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah. You, you've been keeping up with the playoffs. Yeah, man. I, I I'm tuning in every night, man. I'm waiting waiting to see the games tonight. Okay, I think who we got? I think Milwaukee, Miami's tonight. Mm. Phoenix, LA, and I think Denver, Portland. So you you think Miami can can climb out of that hole? Man, man, Spolstra, like they they do a great job of adjusting to to the other team's uh, strengths. So I'm looking forward to like they they play with a lot of uh, enthusiasm, a lot of grit. They play with a lot of passion. So I'm I'm looking forward to a great coaching staff down there as well. So I'm I'm just looking forward to them to make this more of a series because right now, like Milwaukee's kind of yeah. on that, that. Milwaukee's my underdog right now. And okay. like, there's, there's not a lot of buzz around them right now. Uh, well, actually this year. So I, I don't think that pressure is on Giannis this year. So I, I think Milwaukee's going to, they, they're my sleeper this year, but I'm, I'm looking forward to Miami to make it more of a series. Okay. I was going to say, they, they got to do something because we saw – Last year they they whooped the Bucks, and this year right. the book, Bucks kind of returned the favor. But you said Milwaukee's kind of your sleeper. Why? Why? Why the? Uh, I, I, talk I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like they're my sleeper because like nobody's talking about them right now. They're kind of flying a little bit under the radar this year. Like uh, I think Philly took a little bit of that buzz away from them this year. They they played so well under uh, Doc and just the new coaching staff that they have, and, and it, it seems like Embiid and. And my fellow Tiger Ben Simmons, man, they they're finally like putting it together, and man, they they looking like a championship caliber team right now. Yeah, you got Brooklyn as well, so I I can see yeah. definitely how the how the Bucks are getting lost in the the conversation a little bit. Yes, sir. But we got Phoenix, LA. What do you think happens there tonight? Because we saw Phoenix man. win Game One. LA came back, tied it up Game Two. So what what do you see tonight? I think Phoenix. They're only going to go as far as, as Chris Paul takes them. Mm. That's that's what I believe. Uh, I think Chris Paul does a great job as a, as a floor general. Like he doesn't have to score a whole lot of points. He doesn't have to do a whole lot, but just his leadership and right. just controlling the game. Yeah, like the, his the way he paces the game and controls the pace of the game. Mm. It dictates a lot, a lot of ways of how how successful they're going to be. And with the Lakers. Like I, I love LeBron, LeBron, I love AD, but they're only gonna go as far as AD. Like Taysom, AD has to, he has to dominate. Yeah, and uh, there, there are a lot of guys they're putting on him that that's undersized, and he he just has to take advantage of the opportunities that he get. Um, I think he shoots a lot of jump shots. He bails them out. Like I I know from experience. When guys like, because he can really shoot the ball, like he can, mm-hmm. he can, he can get hot. Yeah. But they would rather him beat them that way by shooting jump shots instead of getting those easy. Because like they can't guard him either way. Like when he's hitting his jump shots, he's 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 uh, he's pretty much unstoppable. But man, when he's he he if he just punishes them in the paint, I think that sets the tone, and I think they'll. I'm looking to see the Lakers kind of pull it off, but like I said, it, it, they only gonna go as far as AD like takes them. 
And I, I think we saw that game too when they really started yeah. to uh, look more live. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, I mean, it's looking like I agree with you on the Chris Paul thing, but it's looking like he's injured. Like, I don't know what that injury is going to do. Like, you think they can still put up a good fight even if he's got, yeah. you know, one good shoulder? I, I think so. Like, Devin Booker is kind of stepping into his own. Like, well, he's he's been in his own. Like, uh, a lot of the fans just haven't really. They gave him his just dude. Like he he's been a sniper. He's been a killer since college. Uh, I've been watching him since since Kentucky. So he he's he's been a a really good scorer. Now he's able to to show it on a on a bigger level now. Like it's like the bright lights are on. Like everybody's watching. Like now it's time for him to to kind of step it up a little bit more. Uh, man, they 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 have a, a really solid team. Aiden's playing really really well right now. Like, I, I like I like the way he's playing. They, they, have a, they have a championship caliber team over there. Great coach and Monty Williams. So, man, I, I think they can. Like even with a half of Chris Paul, I think they can still uh, make some noise. Okay. <laughs> Last series we got for today, we got uh, Denver and Portland. That's another one that's tied. Which which way you see that one going tonight? Like you talking about like big time guys? We got Dame on one side, Jokic on one side. Where where do you see that one playing? Man, I, I I'm pulling for Dame. Like I'm like okay. like Dame's. Always been an underdog. Uh, just, just haven't been able to get over that hump. Mm. And I, I would like to see Dame like get there. And you know, he, he's he's done it without a lot of the superstars coming and joining, like joining forces or whatever. Right. But I, man, I, I think he's a, a loyal player. He's a great player. Uh, I don't think he gets his just dues. But I would like to see him, you know, get over that hump. Mm. Who are some of your other favorite players? We talked a little like uh, Giannis, like Dame and come, but who are some other guys you either like to watch or kind of keep tabs on? Oh man, I, I, I'm like people ask me who do I who do I go for? Like I'm not really like I, I cheer for the teams that I played on, right? Especially if it's if some of the guys that I are still playing that I played with, then I, I you know I cheer for those guys. Definitely. I think the only, only guys right now that's in the playoffs that I play with maybe Mike Conley. I can't think of anybody else, but uh, I think yeah, that's about it. Uh, that's so in back the in Memphis, we all played together. Yeah, like I was, I was there uh, his rookie year. Okay. Yeah, um, but man, I, I'm a like huge LeBron fan. Like I, I like AD, M, MB, uh, uh, Ben Simmons. Uh, Spider Mitchell, uh, Tatum, like man, I'm I'm just I'm just a fan of the game. Yeah, yeah. What uh, you mentioned, Spider Mitchell. What do you make of the? Did you see like the whole injury, the game one situation he had? Yeah, like I, I didn't understand that. I'm still trying to figure out like what what happened with that. Like, if you're able to play, like nine times out of ten, well, ten times out of ten, like the time that I spent in the NBA, if you if you can if you can play. Then you're gonna play. So right. I don't know what what that situation was about. Like why why they held him out if they didn't feel like he was like ready. Yeah. But just just from my understanding, like he went through shoot around, he went through through practice, and and he felt like he was able to play. Then he went uh, through pregame, and like he said, he was ready. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't understand why they didn't let him play. So, but I, I could see the frustration in his face when he was doing the interview, like. Yeah. Like every game is important. Every game right now is is important. It's a must win. It's and for him to not play that first game and to to lose mm. for them to go down 0-1 to to the number eight seed like that's like that that wasn't good. But hopefully yeah. they can battle back series one one. So hopefully they can go to Memphis and well I'm I'm not saying hopefully because I like I'm I'm going for Memphis <laughs> in this series. But okay. um, hopefully Memphis can pull off the upset. But uh, you know, as far as their team, I know they're thinking like every game is important, and right. you know they probably hoping that they can go and, and steal one or two games in Memphis and and get that series back under control. Hmm. Now, as uh, as a former player, like how does what's the I guess the process to like if you're injured, like are you playing tonight? What's that whole process like? You come out for shoot around, you know, like pregame, like what's that process like? You you basically like. You kind of have to judge it on your own. Like everybody has a a, a pain, different pain tolerance, uh, like of what they can take. Uh, most of the time in the playoffs, man, you, you gonna if it's a minor little nagging injury, like you're probably gonna play through you that. Play through that one. 
Yeah. So like, I don't, I don't know the extreme of, of his injury, but if the guy says he can go, like, especially the guy of that caliber, right? If he says he can go and he's ready. Then you, you got to put him out there. Like I, I haven't been on a team that where I said I can play and they didn't play me, especially the star player. If the star player can play in a playoff game, like, yeah, I just like, I was baffled behind that one. So I, I don't know. Now, as a player, do you think, like, I guess you try to see the other side from the team. Is that something, like, that would make you upset? Like, okay, they're trying to have my best interest in mind. Like, ultimately, they, like, we want the same thing. We both want to win a championship. So if they think me not playing game one is better for me long term, like, is that something that you could get over as a player? Or is, is there any, anything yes. to get over? Man, I, I don't know if they were underestimating the Grizzlies or, yeah. like, what they were thinking. Uh, we can – we can handle it out and get him, get him another day of rest and and bring him back and but you don't want to risk uh, a serious injury and you don't want to risk getting down in the playoffs either like right. like I said every game counts so I, I don't know what the thought process was going into that but uh, man you you have to check that's what the medical staff the training staff all those all those people are there to you know evaluate you and watch you go through shoot around watch you go through your yeah, uh, your pregame and 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 from my understanding, he went through the pregame and he felt like he was ready to go, and mm-hmm. I, he didn't find out until you know after that that he wasn't going to be able to play. So I know I mean, that was, that's the crazy. Part. Like, how did you find out so late? Yes, like that's that's the thing. Like they evaluate you from uh, shoot around mm-hmm. in your pregame, and the trainers they'll come and ask you like, how do you feel? You know, they go through that routine and you tell them you're good. You ready? Like, you feel like you can go. Nah. Like, just watching his interviews, he was 100% ready to go. And he, then, like, he definitely ready. like, the way that he played in the second in game two, like, he didn't have a limp. Like, it was like no no sign of an injury. Yeah. So, I, I don't know what the thought process was behind that, but it cost him a game. And, you know, that could play a, a major role because Memphis, man, they're scrappy. Tough man, it's uh, like they're fun to watch. So you know they can they can make it pretty tough on them, and that that game could cost them that series. So like we'll see in the future. Yeah. Now uh, something happened last night. Not a game that we'll see tonight. But did you see what happened in the the Philly Washington game where the fan I did uh, hit Russell Westbrook with the popcorn? Like you ever had anything crazy like that happen? Uh, not as far as a fan. Throwing something at me or, or trying to put their hands on me, like you know, it's it's cool. You know, the fans they have their favorite players, they have players that they don't like, and or teams that they don't like, and they they say things. Sometimes it's it's disrespectful, uh, which I, I don't think is cool because like the players can't say what they want to say back to the fans. But right, it's one side for a long time. It's it's just been like the fans say whatever. You just get over players. You just have to get over it. Mm-hmm. But now it's it's like like guys are, are, are kind of stepping up for themselves and standing up for themselves and like no I'm a I'm a grown man you're not gonna disrespect me like you can boo me and and say I suck and and all that type of stuff but you're but not gonna lie right you you're not gonna cross that line and and get personal and disrespect me and like that guy dumping popcorn on 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 on, on Russ's head like that was that was dis- that was disrespectful and I think. For me, I think more has to be done because they're, you know, a fan does that and they think they can get away with it because you have the security and they know if the, if a player runs in the stand and and hits them, that's going to be a lawsuit, like right. all kind of crazy stuff. So I, I think something needs to be done, and it, and it seems like people are kind of picking at Russ a little bit more than than everybody else. I don't know if it's more. Yeah, it's always sign, something. He, yeah, yeah he, he, he's had a, a few run-ins in the last few years. So, but I, I'm sure had, then I, I saw the fans spit on, on Trey Young. Like, man, like yeah, that, yeah. that was the ultimate disrespect for me. Like, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about basketball, but, man, you, you slap somebody or you spit in their face or spit on them. Like, that's, that's the ultimate disrespect. Yeah. Yeah. I know I've seen people were talking about it kind of jokingly. I kind of agree with it. I'll see what you think about it. It's like, listen, once a year, every player gets to fight a fan. (laughs) So if you want to get yours out of the way early in the year, you can. If you want to wait toward the end of the year, what do you make of that? Man, that's hilarious. 
<laughs> because I, I don't, I don't, man. Like in the NBA, there's some big guys in there. I, I don't, the fans yeah. that do that type of stuff, I, I don't think that the fans would would actually like do something like that. If they saw somebody like a player walking on street. I, I think Russ is like six four, six five. Right. Like they ain't about to dump no popcorn on his head. Like, no. you, you, think, you think he played basketball hard? Like I don't think you want to get in the fight with this dude. No, especially not. Yeah. So, would uh, have you ever had anybody like even get close to that with you? Like, like I got to go up in the stands, or that they cross nah. the line, or they man, pretty, pretty cool. I, I think, man, there was a fan in Portland. Mm. It was either Portland or Utah. I can't remember, but he used to come to the games. He never said a word. He just he had this blackboard. He had this little whiteboard clipboard that he uh-huh. used to with a sharp. It was a erasable. Uh, marker and he just used to write stuff down and he would always sit behind the visitor's bench. So during timeouts, he's just standing up and he has this big board just and like he lets you know who he's talking about and he just <laughs> like Swift, you suck or uh, something crazy <laughs> like that. Like, I was so, saying, like, like what, type, what else would he write on the board? Man, he it was it was some crazy stuff and <laughs> man, I, I had a teammate uh, Jason Williams. Huh? Like he was like white chocolate man. He was he was one of the funniest dudes. But he like if you talk about him, like he was a he was a jokester. He liked to crack jokes. He so, back like, like he he would crack jokes on you without cussing you out or being disrespectful. And they it used to be hilarious and like they would leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> What's something you remember him saying one time to a fan that like kind of got him off his back? Uh man, I, it's it's a story I can't even. I, I don't even want to tell it, man. It was it was, <laughs> it was it was it was so funny. I can't remember where we were. But there was a guy in the stand, and if he if he sees this, he he probably don't he probably won't laugh now. So I, I can I give him a pass because we were all younger back then. But and there was a a guy in the stands. He didn't have any arm. I, I think he maybe had one arm. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was missing an arm, and the guy was just ragging on him, just talking, just like talking crazy about him. And he didn't say nothing. All he did was just put his put his arm in his shirt like this. Oh. Like he didn't have an arm. And I was like, man, that's like, you're, not supposed, you're not supposed to laugh at stuff like that, but it was hilarious, man. Like, yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> how did the guy take it? Like, did the guy like, take he, it? He, he, he shut up. Like, <laughs> man, it was stories about that dude right there, but he, but man, this, this one, this guy didn't say anything else the whole game. And it was like, man, if you can't, you can't dish it. If you can't take it, don't dish it. Yeah. So I guess you, you learn your lesson when somebody uh when they finally go back at you. Yeah. What the you, you played in a couple cities. Like what was your favorite city to play, like fans wise or just like city wise? Man, Sacramento. They they had maybe probably one of the oldest gyms. I, I can't remember like how old it was, but like the arena was it wasn't that big. I know it wasn't that big. It wasn't the average size of most of the arenas in the league, but their fans were crazy. Like they were crazy loud. It's like sometimes you couldn't even hear yourself talking in, in that arena. So that that was one of my favorite places. And of course, uh, Staples Center, uh, mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden, are always always one of my favorite places to play. And uh, and probably Miami. Okay, what is it about Madison Square? Everybody says Madison Square Garden. What is it about MSG? Man, I, I don't know what it is. It's just a vibe. Like when you walk in that place, it's just like you know you gotta like step your game up because everybody's watching. I, I don't know what it is, but that's one of the arenas. Like you can go all around the league, and like when you go there, it's just different. It's just something about it, man. It, it has that it factor, and then you, they're gonna bring out all the stars. Like the Knicks can be, they can win ten games. But the fans are still gonna come still out and support them. Like they gonna they gonna come out and support their team. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Now, I, I mentioned you were part of the Vancouver and Memphis Grizzlies. Like your yes, first sir. year there was their last year there. So what do you remember about all that? Just like getting there, leaving. What do you remember about all that? Man, that's that was one of my favorite places to go. Like even after we left, I would go back every summer and 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 just hang out there. Like it was the like Vancouver. Yeah, it was it was a really really great place to be. Like clean, uh, people people real nice. Man, you you don't. It was just like a, a big melting pot of people. Right. Like 
I, I didn't feel any racism there. Like it was it was just a great place to be. Like the people were super, super cool. Like the hospitality there felt like home. Like it was like it was it was great, man. Like good experience. Yeah, it was a great experience. Uh the team the team wasn't very good. Like we were I think my first year we may have won maybe twenty twenty game twenty one games, something like that. Um we started out pretty pretty decent, but you know, like once we started playing the the guys started getting warmed up and getting into the middle of the season. Like it was, yeah, it was it was tough. Yeah. So what the so what was it like moving? Like you get to Vancouver, you said you liked it, the city, you know, treated you well, and then you have to immediately like like the players. I I think because I I didn't know any better. This was my first year, so I didn't know anything about the taxes and all that stuff. And a lot of guys didn't like the even the owner. uh, Rest in peace to Michael Heisley. A lot of the they they were saying how much money they were losing by just being. In Canada, is you yeah, get yeah. you get double taxed. Right, you right. you getting Canadian tax and U.S. tax. Yeah. So it was that was tough on a lot of guys. So they they didn't like that. <laughs> I, I, I remember that being a, a big part of, of guys wanting to wanting to leave and, and being 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 away from their families. Right. So. I was like, cause that's like that's that's a long way. So I know. Like you, Shreveport native, went to LSU. Memphis is a lot closer to home, so you're probably definitely happy on that front. Yeah, for the first part of it, I was like Memphis was, man, Memphis was great. Memphis was like they welcomed us with open arms. Like it was a, it's a southern southern city, like so it felt like home to me. Right, and man, like everybody just was so happy that the, that the team was there. So like that first year was it was cool, but then. It's like man, I, it was hard for me to go places. Like, and you know how you go into a new environment. Like, you got to understand your surroundings. Right. So no can't go. Right. So, like, I was going to places that I probably shouldn't have. I shouldn't have been. <laughs> so, like back then, they would have these um, paid appearances. Uh-huh. So you, you, they would have these paid appearances where you go to high schools and like sign autographs for an hour, like something like that. And I remember, like, one of my teammates, he was actually. From Memphis, uh, Lorenzo Wright, rest in peace to Ren, mm-hmm. uh, like great teammate. So when he would go places, he would always have security with him. Right. So I wasn't, but he was a veteran at the time. Like I'm, I'm a like this is my second year. Like I'm, he's new to it. Yeah, so I like, and I'm new to the city. Right. So we go to this paid appearance. Um, to, I can't remember the high school, mm-hmm. but I parked my vehicle like right in the front. Like they had a security, they had a security guard, and like right at the front of the uh, at the gym. Uh, so I go in into the gym, and we play this game of uh, knockout, like at halftime. Uh, so I'm, I'm only in the I'm only in the gym maybe fifteen to twenty minutes. I walk around the gym, I'm waving, waving everybody, take a couple pictures, and then we play this game of knockout. Mm. And right after that, I I leave from the game, and I go back in my my car sitting on bricks. Oh, oh man! Like I was hurt. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was funny at the same time because like I see this big guy over here doing security, and we ask him like 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 you ain't called police. You ain't right, seen nothing. Well, he, he was like I ain't, I ain't seen nothing. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like it was it was impossible for him not to see like what happened. But like man, I, I took a couple L's like that. Um, going what kind to of call? Man, it was actually a loner. It was from uh man, it was a uh, a dealership Gossett. I can't remember the guy's okay. first name. It was uh, Gossett, and it was a loner car that they they had loaners. But man, they had fixed it up. They put rims on it, um, put music in it for me. Like they had they man, they fixed it up real nice for me. And man, I was so embarrassed to to call them and let them know that the car had like the I real. Say, yeah, had, had that conversation go. Yeah. But it was, it was cool. Like, and then it happened to me. I went to the movies and man, I, I go into the movie. I parked in the handicap because of what had happened to me at the gym. So I, I was like, man, I'm parking in the handicap from now. On. I'm not parking all the way in the parking lot. So I park in the what, what do you mean because of what happened to you in the gym? At the uh at the high school. Like they Oh, I got you. Yeah, you yeah, know. They, they left me on they left me They're on, not gonna on catch you twice. Yeah. They left me on the center blocks. That was the first time I had ever seen that. Like yeah. I, was, I was in I was in there for 15 minutes and I come back out, they had me on center blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so I go to the movies mm. and I parked in a handicap spot, like right in the front of the movies. I was like, they like I don't think anybody's that bold to try to try to get me right there in front of the can't the do movie. that. I parked in the handicap spot. I came back out. Windows busted out. Like that was this was back this was back during the time like you had the TVs and the headrests and the place the PlayStations in there like all that stuff. Man, they took all they took the DVD players out. Like they got they everything. Out. Yeah, it was it was a mess, man. Oh man, I hope you didn't learn too many more lessons like that. Nah, it, it wasn't too many. Maybe maybe one or two more. Like I, I've had a couple of incidents in Memphis. I, I learned my lesson though. Yeah, I'm just saying that's really all you can do. Learn, uh, yeah. learn from it. Yeah. Now, uh, but, but other than that, man, Memphis was like once you. I tell you what, once you start winning, mm. then that's when it you, you get a, you get a little bit more respect in the in the neighborhoods. Like you go, and then when you start, when they see you doing, like other things in the neighborhood, like actually coming in and and working with the kids and like really just giving back. Man, with like, with like what they say, like man, what you what you put in it, that's what you get out of it. And man, you you do a lot of stuff for that community, and they, they embrace you with open arms. Man, they they that was it was a it was a fun city, but I think during my time at the end, it, it didn't have anything to do with the city why I wanted to leave. But it was right. more so the coaching staff. But right. yeah. Now you, uh, I think one of the earlier coaches you had was uh, Hubie Brown. The the legend. Yeah. What, what do you remember about playing for Hubie? Man, my my first year was my first couple of years was uh Sidney Low. Sidney Low, uh huh. Like Sid, Sid was a like he was he was a really good coach, but I, I think a lot of the guys or some of the guys on the team they were right probably like around the same age as as, as, as Sid. So I, I think it was probably like a respect level tough for him to get the locker room. Yeah. So man, when they bought in Hubie. Well, first they bought in Jerry West, mm-hmm. and like Jerry came, then he bought in Hubie. Man, when I tell you they the the mindset of the team like just changed, like they they changed that whole identity of the team just from I, I don't want to say those two guys, but they were the two main guys that that came in and so just changed, yeah, completely changed. Like so, what you're seeing now, I think they're they're still benefiting twenty years later from. From what Jerry West actually laying that groundwork, laid, laid, laid that foundation there, and and now it's like you go from a, a team that's never made the playoffs, or you winning seventeen or twenty some games, and you're like this, like nobody wants to support that, nobody wants to see it, like so you're not putting a good product on the floor, like nobody wants to come and support that. But yeah. and Huey Huey was when I remember his first day, and he told me. Cause I, I had never had a coach that was just like would get in your face right, and right. like cuss you out, like talk. Say he whatever. Was, he was like, yeah, he was a hundred percent authentic, real as it get. Mm. Like the best coach I ever had. Like I remember my first day, he was like, I went. He was. We were going over the plays. Like everything was new. Like all the plays, he had changed up everything. Like mm. so, you basically forget everything that you know. It's all new. Everything is new. Like you don't. He's like you don't know nothing. You don't know. I, I don't want to use the word, but you don't know nothing. So forget everything that you think you know, and just just listen. Like just. And he told us that we buy into what he was saying. That we're probably not gonna make the playoffs this year, but the teams that are fighting for those the the number one and two and three seed, like they're not gonna want to play us. And by the end of the season, everybody had bought in. And it was exactly what he said. And I, I just remember my first day, me thinking, I was like, man, I'm not going to be able to play for this dude. Because he, he told me to get on. He was like, get on this line. And I was maybe like one inch away from this line. Mm. And I was like, in my mind, like, that inch doesn't make a difference. Right. But, I'm close enough. Yeah. But in basketball, it's, it's all about inches, mm. angles and inches. And, and man, he that was one thing that he made me realize and. And from that day forward, man, I just like whatever he said, man, I was just like 100 100 percent like willing to do it. And I think one of the things that he did with that team is made everybody feel like they belong. Mm. What I mean about this. is He had this system where it's like you earn your starting spot, Mm. like everybody that started, you played six minutes. Okay, That that second unit. 
you play six minutes unless you get in foul trouble and you will play through that system all the way to the fourth quarter and whoever was playing well at that time like that's who, that's who, finished, that's who finished out like the fourth quarter so there was there was never a coach on the on the sideline unless somebody got in foul trouble or something like that at the six minute mark, you right. knew you knew what time. You, like, nobody had to tell you to go in. Like you just knew to get up and go and, and check in the game. And I, I think that made it like it's it's hard to do that. But we had a team like we had a second unit that was that was nice. Like we were. We who were who else was on that team with you? Oh man, we had. Uh, let's see. I think the starters were uh, Jason Williams, Mike Miller, mm-hmm. Shane Shane Battier, Paul Gasol. Lorenzo Wright, uh, myself, Earl Watson, Bonzi Wells, James Posey. Okay, yeah, the deep uh, team. Yeah, man, we were we were deep, man. Like that second unit, like it was a lot of teams that were better, but that second, like that team as a whole, I don't think was as deep. A whole lot. Yeah, like so that first year, he became he came midway through the season, like we didn't make the playoffs, and like I said, he told us, you know, by the end of the season, like guys are not going to play you. And man, it was like we beat the Lakers. Like we we beat like this was the Lakers with Kobe, Shaq, and like the team. Like like they actually won it. Yeah. But this was during their three peak. Mm. And uh, man, they were they were tough. San Antonio was tough. Phoenix was tough back then. And it was like man, people didn't want to play us. Like the Nets, like we were like the Nets were number one in the in their conference. Like we like we were beating like we beat them. Uh, but man, Huey, Huey just had just a different mindset, man. And he didn't play by like the politics of, of the game. Like a lot of times, you know, you sign big deals, like they want you to play. And I just, I remember this one particular situation where, um, man, we were like, we was missing everything. I mean, we, we had everything except a shooter mm-hmm. and they were really trying to, uh, to get, uh, Mike Miller on the team. Mm-hmm. Great uh, So they, they traded Drew. We had Drew Gooden on the team, too. I forgot about Drew. I remember that. So they traded Drew. To Orlando, right? To Orlando, and we got Mike. But when Mike came, um, Bonzi was there. Hmm. So Hubie is new. Like, Mike and Bonzi, they, they're new. So, and Hubie's my, like, I'm going to play the best player that's, that's on the floor. I'm going to play the best player. Hmm. So at the time, like Bonzi was a big guard, so he came in, he was bullying, like he, like Bonzi could play power forward, yeah, three, two, like man, he he could do it all. And at that position, like nobody, nobody could stop Bonzi. <laughs> yeah. So at that time, like Bonzi was like that's who was gonna yeah. start. So like Huey started getting a little chatter from upstairs, like they wanted Mike to play because they had just paid. I think they had just paid Mike like 50, 55 million. That was that was a lot back then. They had just paid Mike. So, you know, man, we bought Mike here to play. Like they right. bought him here. Like we wanna, you know, they want return of investment, yeah. Huey was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna play. Like you bought me here to coach. Like I'm I'm not listening to all that chatter coming from upstairs. And he was just straight up like that and Eventually, uh, you know, Mike was a sniper, like great player. Great Eventually, you know, and they never bumped heads because the, the playing time was pretty equal. So, like, he made it made it fun. Like, everybody, like, wanted to play for each other and play for him. And, man, I, I think that was one of the, the better teams. I think we won 50 games that next year. Like, that had never been done in, in, in the Grizzlies history. So, like, like, that was a great accomplishment to win 50 games. So, that was that was pretty cool. I was gonna say, yeah, what was that like going from like a relatively new organization, one that switches countries, and then you all make the playoffs for the first time in the Grizzlies hit like it wasn't like you all looked up and saw like some nineteen seventies yeah Grizzlies banners. You all were the first ones. What was that like? Man, it was it was cool, man. Like the fans, like so when we first got there, like the city was excited for, for the Grizzlies to come. But they were more like Memphis Tigers, like Memphis Tigers, like Memphis Tigers rule Memphis. Like there's right. a basketball city, but it was nothing above the Memphis Tigers. And, and they, like they had, they had great teams to come through 
through Memphis. Uh, was that the John Calipari era? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that was they had they had some squad mm-hmm. and like those guys were really really cocky too because they really felt like. <laughs> Man, they used to talk a lot because we were we were terrible. Like my first year, we were terrible. So we would see those guys out, and they literally thought that they could beat that they could beat us. The college kids thought they could yeah, beat the, the college, like the Memphis Tigers thought that they could beat like the Grizzlies. Did y'all ever set that up? That man, they 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 didn't want that. Like it, <laughs> even though we wasn't good in the NBA, like, like we we were still pros. Like those those guys, you may have had maybe two or three pros on that team, and you talking about you gonna beat. No, that wasn't gonna happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now I feel like I, I gotta ask. We won't keep you too much longer. Uh, something you're known for, like the big dunks and the you used to do the like the bird wings. Yeah. After yeah, where where, where did that come from? Man, that, that came from from high school. Uh, my te- like my teammates like every time we would get a a big block or a big dunk or something like that, mm. and we would. Um, like that was that was our little clique or whatever. So we would just represent. So when I got to got to college, and I would do it, and the fans, the like the fans from LSU really like kind of gave me that nickname, like Stroh Show and all that stuff. So they would draw these posters, and they would have the, the hand sign up, and and I just I just kind of ran with it, and like after every dunk I would do, I would, it was basically just, just represent like from my high, my, my friends from high school, like where I came from. And so it was, it was pretty cool. Got you. Got you. Yeah. So yeah, see that after all the big dunks of the dunks, do you have like a favorite one? One of your, a favorite one of yours that, that's you, in your mind? Man, you know, I, I see a lot of those, uh, those YouTube videos that they, they yeah, like best 10 dunks or best, yeah. But I don't think they have, like all of my best dogs, I, I think. Like they got they got some good ones on there. Like mm-hmm. the one over y'all may have been my, my one of my favorites. Um, but man, just just over my career, like I, I had some really some really impressive ones, and I was like, man, like most of them are VHS, so I can't even I can't <laughs> even find them. So, um, but yeah, like that one over y'all may have been one of my favorites because I knew it was. Unexpected. Nobody thought I was getting ready to do that, right? Because right. it, it wasn't like off the. I had a, a head of steam, and I was going right at him and went over the top of him. It was just like a like two power dribbles from the from the free throw line, and it just was like up and over top of him. Right? It just just went up over. Like I shot myself to be honest. Like I didn't like I jumped and I didn't even realize how high it was. <laughs> but it was that was that was a pretty good one though. Now you you played with Yao, did you later on? Yeah, so I think maybe that next year I got I was a, a free agent and I went over to uh, Houston. Uh-huh. And when I walked in, that was the first thing he said to me. <laughs> He's like, "Now I don't have to worry about you ducking over me like that again." <laughs> That's a but good yeah, way. Like, at least you knew he wasn't gonna take it out on you. Yeah, but man, like y'all, man, I, I was so happy to see him get in the, in the Hall of Fame, man. It was because a lot of guys. Just kind of underestimated him, I think. Mm. And man, he was one of the hardest working guys that I ever seen. Like, yeah. like, like Earl Watson, man, incredible work ethic. Like, worked really hard. Uh, man, Earl would like sometimes I would pass by the gym. Earl would be in the gym at twelve, one o'clock in the morning, just getting some work in. Like getting, like getting some work in. So he was, he was a really hard worker. But y'all, man. He was one of the. He probably was the hardest workout that I ever played with. Really, um, I know a lot of guys have stories about their great work ethics, but man, I, I just remember at times like Tracy McGrady would be so upset with with Tom Thibodeau <laughs> with Tibbs because man, Tibbs is a he's a he's a gym rat. Like Tibbs was, mm. like, he, he's he, one of the assistants on that team. Yeah, he was a uh, oh, assistant. Okay. He was assistant on the team, and yeah. man, Tibbs was like he was a gym rat. Like he, if you wanted to work out, he was uh, always going to be in the gym. Great basketball mind, great basketball IQ, but man, he he was a gym rat. And I, I just remember Matt being so upset because like they would like, and it wasn't so much as Tibbs; it was Yao like wanting to put in that work. Right. I, and I understood it more once I went to China, but. Um, like y'all would like come to the gym like like a couple of hours early, mm. and 
like he would just work out, just work, 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 like like pregame, like porns, like like right before the game, he like he just went through a, a whole sweat. Man, he went through a like a crazy workout. Mm. And when he would come out, like first quarter, unstoppable, third all the way to the third quarter, he's unstoppable. But you get into the fourth quarter, or maybe overtime, like he he's running out of gas. He's done. Right. A lot of minutes. Like Mac used to you know, he used to complain about that because he was like, Man, y'all working him too hard by the fourth quarter. Like he's done. Like I like that's my that's my big fill. I need him. I need him in the fourth quarter. And you know, that year, like unfortunately, like man, like Mac went down, had the back injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think y'all had like shin splints or something. Like I think I can't remember exactly what it was. I don't know if it was a foot injury or shin splints, whatever it was, but man, Jawan Howard went down. Like, man, we 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 lost a lot of players that year. We started uh, bringing guys from the D League. So it was, right. man, like we had a great team, but just injuries just kind of took over that year. Yeah, it'll, it'll happen sometime. Yeah. But, man, I, I developed a, a whole new respect for y'all. Like he was he was one one of the greats. And you, you, later on, you also played with Shaq, didn't you? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, I, I played with Shaq in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you remember? Just that immediate, oh, my goodness. What did you think of, like, what came to mind when you remember playing with Shaq? Man, he, he was just a, a funny, funny dude, man. Like, like I, I, I had met him uh, my, my freshman year in college. He'd come back to LSU. Uh-huh. So, man, I used to always, like, just pick his brain and, you know, just like asking like what it takes to make it to the N- NBA. Just asking how, like what was taking. You know, all these like little kids for him. Like he was always big brother to us. But so I never really got a chance to like just actually hang out with him and, and just be around. Like, like, his, like his personality. Like he walks into any room. Like he's gonna like like he'll light up any room. Like he's just smiling and joking and like everybody loves him. Mm. But just playing on the team with him, man, he was he was he was funny. He's just a, a big kid, just funny dude, man. So what do, what we see on TV is pretty much the same thing. He was in practice. It's, it's, it's the same. It was the same thing. Probably a little bit more. <laughs> but I, I'll say most of most of his 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 teammates like loved him. Yeah, I was I was watching the. A little clip from uh, All the Smoke. He was on the mm-hmm. on the show with uh, Matt and uh, Stat, mm-hmm. and he was like Matt because Matt Barnes was on that team too. They were telling us a, a story about uh, like one of the former teammates, Lewis and Mutson. Mm-hmm. So the story that they told on the podcast was a, a story totally different from what I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I won't get into that. You know, like what stays in the locker, what happens in the locker. <laughs> okay, room, I was gonna say I- like, it, was, it was it was funny. It was it was it was a funny incident but Shaq I just remember I had never had a team like the only teammate that I had like that was Jason Williams but I, I just remember Lewis a month saying like he would he lived down the street from the arena so he would ride a bike to practice every day <laughs> okay so Shaq was like man you make too much money to be riding a bike to to the games or to practice so Shaq would get his bike and take it all the way up to the nosebleed and just like leave it up there. <laughs> so after practice after, after practice yeah, so after practice, like like all the vets, like you know, Shaq was, you know, he was, I think maybe I can't remember what year he was then, but you know, he was like he didn't have to practice. As much. Yeah, so like the vets would get out of practice a little bit early, then the younger guys would have to stay, and we would play three on three. Uh, and so Lewis always had to play three on three with everybody, and like Shaq go to the locker room and take his bite. Man, he would put grapefruits on the on his on the on the handles of a bike. Man, he had one of those old. I don't know where he got this telephone from, but it was one of those old school nineteen eighty telephones. He had got some duct tape and and wrapped it around the bike. Wrapped like the whole cord around the bike. No, the whole phone. Like the phone was like uh, on the, yeah, the yeah. Like so, every day it was something different. Like one day he might come out, of, he might get out of practice, and Shaq took the wheels off the bike. <laughs> Like it was like it was funny, man. Like, it was always something. It was always something with that dude, man. <laughs> but like one thing I can say about it, like Shaq always like took care of his rookies, though. Like he would joke and prank them all year long, and at the end of the year, like he would always look out for his rookie. He do nice things for him. Like he he's a like really good dude. Hmm. Let's see, we'll jump to a couple uh, viewer questions again. We don't want to hold too much of your time. We've got. Bridget here. Bridget says, 
Sources say the Phoenix Suns charter flights were legendary. Legendary. Is there anything you can share? What made them so legendary? Man. So this, so I'm like I, I left. Man, I, I was I was going through a really really tough time. Mm. Uh, like my mom had just passed in in '09, so I was really like just like just going through it. Mm. And like basketball was like when I got to the arena, it was just like everything just went away. But just on my way there. And on my way home and just throughout the night, like it was all it was tough. So I get there and Matt Barnes, like his mom, like he had just recently lost his mom. So, you know, he was always there, like just to kind of lift me up a little bit and, and, you know, just like talk to me. And like that helped a lot. But man, like going into a new situation. Getting on, I, I don't know the stories that I don't know who asked the question, but. Like my first experience was being on the plane with with Shaq, Grant Hill, uh, Shaq's ex-wife uh, Shawnee, and Grant Grant Hill's wife uh, Tamia. Yeah. Man, it was a whole concert on on the plane. <laughs> I was I was blown I was blown away. I'm sitting over there in my seat. I got my headphones on. I had to take my headphones off because like Grant has this little. Like little, I don't know what you call it, like a little guitar. Okay. Like to me, like, is like they just man, it was a concert. Like she was singing, like everybody was on the plane just singing. It was a whole concert on there. Like I was like, man, like this is crazy. Like I couldn't wait to get off the plane, like to call my my family. Like man, y'all should like if y'all would witness what I just witnessed on the plane. Like you like, was incredible. Yeah, it was it was incredible. Like I I needed to pay them some money for the for the show <laughs> they just put on. Like it and it was cool. Like Shaq. Like he could, he can't sing, but you know he's just a, just like a entertainer. Yeah, yeah he, he entertains, and man, I didn't know Grant was so well rounded. Like, like Grant, I'm thinking, he, he can play guitar. Like he can play. Oh, pretty he, well. he played. He he played guitar, piano, like the keyboard. Like he was, like man, like it was incredible. Like I had never seen anything like it. Like it was, it was pretty cool, dope experience. Mm, definitely, yeah. It definitely sounded like something memorable. Yeah. See, got another and then that was that was the first team that I had been on that would let your uh, your wife like the wives and like girlfriends oh, like on the plane. Yeah. So that was that was pretty that was pretty dope. Hmm. So I think we got one from Aaron. Aaron says Stroh the sweatband headband was it more fashion or was it more function? Uh Man, I, I think I I started wearing the headband because of Cliff Robinson. Like I maybe more of a OG, like, like more of a, a, a trend. Uh, so it was fashion. Yeah. So like he had the bald head. Mm-hmm. Man, rest in rest in peace, Uncle yeah, Cliff. Man. Uncle but man, like I, I got the headband thing from him. Like I I got so when I got to Vancouver, you go in the barbershop to get a haircut, and they like, we don't we don't cut that kind of hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, y'all, uh, y'all got to keep looking. I was like, man, I, I can't, I can't go, I can't, I can't wolf it out, I can't grow it out. So I just, man, I just went with the with the razor, shaved it off, and put the headband on, and I was, I was rocking it ever since. Okay, so it just, uh, it just went from there. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I do got you got uh, your last dance shirt. On. I feel like I do got to ask you, but like, you just a fan of it or what the so. Man, I, I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but I, I stole this from from the from the Jordan Docker series. Okay. So this is this is a shirt from. Uh, so I'm I'm coaching high school basketball now. So I had four seniors on the team this year. So I, I started four years ago. Mm. So this was this was my fourth year. Like, so I got these guys when they were freshmen, and man, we made it all the way to the to the state championship and lost. So. Uh, from our creative team at the school, they felt like that was a like a cool little theme, the last dance with my four seniors and myself. So it was, it was a pretty dope show. So it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I would say yeah, we'll, uh, we, we should be. That's for a good cause. Like it was for a good thing. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I ran with it. So I hope MJ and they don't like we're not making any money off of it. But right, you know, yeah, I, I, stole, I stole it from them. <laughs> he borrowed. What, what yeah, I borrowed, I borrowed it from him. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And uh, one last question, a uh, question we ask all our legends, getting together season two of our playlist, you know, so what what songs are you playing when you on the way to practice, on the way home from practice, at home, during practice, what the, what, what are you listening to these days? Man, I'm like, I'm, I'm coaching at a Christian Academy. 
So the music that I'm listening to now is more of a, a, a Christ, like Christian. Right. So man, like I always tell tell my kids, like man, your eyes and your and your ears are the gateway to your soul. So like, what what you listening to? Because man, it's, it's a lot of violence like like that's going on in the world, like in my in my city, in my community, and like to me these days, the kids are really acting out on like the stuff that they're hearing and seeing. Like you know, like. As a parent, you want to teach your kid right from wrong, like like the like the video games and the stuff that you're listening to, like that's it's not real. Mm-hmm. But like right now, like these kids are are really like living out like what they're listening to. Right. Their favorite rappers, when they're constantly like talking about like killing and and just everything that's going on, like you're seeing it. So right. like for me, like it's like I I've tried to like I still listen to a little bit of rap, but mm-hmm. it's more of that like old school that Okay. From my from my era, what kind of old school? Man, I like the Hot Boys, uh, No okay. Limit. So you know, I, I I still rock with with the with the No Limit. I still listen to that a little bit. Um, being in Memphis, man, Eight Ball, MJG. Um, you got Three Six. So like that was that was man, like like those some cool dudes. Like they they supported the Grizzlies. Like I don't know if they still are at the games a lot, but man, when I was when I was in Memphis, like they had like front row seats. They they sat like right wow. right next to us. So they 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 were some some good dudes. Juicy Juicy J and uh, DJ Paul, like they they mm-hmm. were some good dudes. Definitely okay. Well, yeah, we'll throw some uh, we we'll throw some old three six on there. We we'll throw some old yeah. Hot Boys Wayne and and yeah. Juicy <laughs> all them on it. We'll, we'll put a couple songs on the on the playlist for you. Okay. Hey man, you, you can't leave. You can't leave out my brother, man. Pete, like, if you don't put uh, some no limit on there, I, I might be in trouble. But okay, yeah, I, no, we can definitely, definitely throw some uh, some Mia X, some uh, Master man, P on there. Man. Master P, Mystical, like them, them was my boys, man. Shocker, yeah, yeah, man. I I went through a period in my career, like I, I I was actually playing in no limit tennis shoes. Like P came out with the sneaker, oh, yeah. so I was so I was representing for a little while. Okay, so yeah, you uh, go way back with them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. So we'll definitely make sure we throw some no limits of uh, some old school on there for you. Yes, sir. All right, Strowman Square. Thank you so much for for taking some time and joining us today, man. Man, I appreciate you guys like having me, man. Like this, it's a great platform, like for the for the retired players. So, man, I, I'm it's an honor and pleasure to to actually be on the on the show. So, uh, thank you. Oh, of course, man. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Right. And that'll do it for this week's Legends Live. You know, we've got new episodes live every Thursday. You can catch them on the NBA Alumni's Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch page. Like to remind viewers, you can watch replays of any episode at legendsofbasketball.com slash legends live. You can catch the audio replay to our conversations by searching for Legends Live wherever you get your podcast. like to give a big thank you to Strohmile for joining us to Bridget, to Julio, to Aaron behind the scenes, to all of you for watching, and we will see you next Thursday.